Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. It is time for episode 143 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. We'll be joined in just a moment by our special guest and, of course, eRenewable CEO Mike Niemer. But before we go any further, let's hear from eRenewable COO Ann Niemer. Ann Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. We know today whether you're a public company, private equity, or privately held company, ESG and sustainability are important to your company. At eRenewable, we can help you achieve some of those goals. If you have any questions or need any assistance with regards to reaching your sustainability goals, please visit us at eRenewable.com to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. And we welcome you into episode 143 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Alongside Mike Niemer, I am Greg Frank. We're going to get to our guest in just a minute. But Mike, I know it's been a little while since we've linked up. How you been? I've been good. It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, been in the studio together, and it's always nice to get back. We have uh, three or four to go here in the next two weeks, so that's going to be exciting and bring a lot of good content to the listeners, so we'll put everybody, hope everybody enjoys it. Um, I'll tell you what, it's football season. It's still hot, but it is football season. Right, you're Kansas and- Jayhawks. All of a sudden, are they a football school? <laughs> well, we got votes in the polls. That's all that matters to me. So that's an improvement. So hopefully we can keep our coach at the end of this year. But, you know, uh, we see a lot of things picking up in the renewable space. ESG is a hot topic. The race to net zero is a hot topic. And so our guest today, I think, is going to bring a lot of positive insight to everybody with regards to what's going on in the conference circuit that he speaks a lot at and what's going on within his own company. So let's bring him on now. He is the trading manager from Unimetal. Geraldo Andrade. I hope I got that right. Yes, you did. Okay, Geraldo, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, so uh, obviously, as we talked about before we jumped on here, we always like to kind of start things off by just getting a feel for our guest backgrounds and kind of uh, what you do. I understand it's uh, a lot of kind of oil and energy type stuff that you're doing. So just tell us a little bit about the rundown of what you guys do at Unimetal and, and your role in particular as the trading manager. Okay. Okay. Well, after many years working for oil and gas companies, uh, last year I joined Unmetal Group. So it's curious to be talking uh, uh, in a, a podcast about uh, renewable energy. Uh, it's it's something interesting, person like with my background. So uh, in Unmetal, we produce synthetic graphite. Synthetic graphite is essential feedstock to produce lithium batteries, which everybody knows it's essential to to make electric cars, electric vehicles. So that's what you do. We produce and supply synthetic graphite. And, you know, you mentioned working in a lot of oil and gas-related jobs, um, and obviously you're coming on here, uh, Renewable uh, you know, Podcast. Just, uh, obviously, I imagine there's been a lot of uh, back and forth, sometimes not always pleasant between those two sides. Like, what, what do you notice about, you know, kind of the – the back and forth there, and if there is kind of uh, more common ground that people may realize. Yes, that's an awesome question. It's interesting because despite the fact that I was working on oil and gas company, I participated in the implementation of the ethanol program, uh, biodiesel, and in the last years I was uh, involved with the implementation of green diesel and sustainable aviation fuel. 
uh, was negotiating direct, directly with some aviation companies to implement those products. So it's interesting because we have, um, I was living in both sides. The, the one that uh, oil and gas companies, they are super traditional, they focus uh, fossil fuels, gasoline and diesel. But on the other side, I was also involved in uh, renewable fuels and renewable energy. I've got a quick question. When you earlier talked about what uh, Unimetal does mm -hmm. with regards to the batteries, you make synthetic. What was the second word? I missed that. Synthetic graphite. Graphite? Graphite. Graphite. Oh, graphite. 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 Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Graphite is that black thing that goes inside the battery, the, the black rod inside the battery. So that, that, that car, the, the graphite is essential to produce batteries. So when talk about uh, 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 to, to establish, to structure a supply chain that allows the implementation of a renewable energy, for sure we need to consider a supply. Basically, all the suppliers, the current producers that supply uh, U.S. companies, they are located now in China. So it's 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 a, a, a weak point in the in this system because we are having electrical vehicles. We are, they are using batteries, but all the graphite that those companies are basically using the the main source is China. So every battery, am I right in assuming every battery anybody uses or uses has graphite in it? Yeah, uh, there are different kinds of batteries. I'm talking specifically about lithium batteries, the, the lithium one that batteries. is commonly used okay. in electric, in electric cars. So you guys are in the EV space with regards to those lithium batteries, right? And so uh, your company produces the graphite Exactly. Right. We produce the, that graphite is, uh, because in Brazil we have a very uh, unique petroleum, crude oil. It's a very low sulfur, very heavy, that allows us to, to produce uh, a, a, a material called petroleum coke. And from that petroleum coke, that petroleum coke is uh, go to, in, a, in a furnace and uh, with high, super high temperatures, 3,000 degrees Celsius and produce, or 5,000 Fahrenheit. And produce uh, synthetic graphite. So is your firm the only firm in Brazil producing the graphite or are there others down there? That's the only firm. You're the only firm. Yes. So it, when you say the majority of the graphite for batteries are made in China, what percentage is that? Are you talking 60% or 90%? In U.S., I believe close to 100%. So they make almost all of it that we're involved yes, with the, here. Yes, there are few producers in in U.S., few but basically the majority of the uh, graphite, synthetic graphite used in U.S. to produce lithium batteries, they came from China. There are other possibilities to produce batteries. The, to, they are natural graphite that come from different places, from Africa, for example. But the natural graphite compared, synthetic graphite is better because it has better, it's more predictable with the results. The electricity flows better in a synthetic graphite than in a natural graphite. So uh, do you bring it to the port at Houston or do you go to a different port? We have four hubs in the U.S. Houston, uh, Savannah, New Orleans, and Baltimore. So uh, we're bringing to supply uh, lithium uh, battery producers, foundries. It's curious because if you take an uh, uh, electric vehicle, for example, there are a lot of things there made with uh, that product that I mentioned, the, the, the 
petroleum coke that looks like a carbon, like the glass, aluminum, uh, the pigments for paints, uh, iron, steel, all of them use carbon. It's curious because when you talk about uh, uh, reduce the, their carbon footprint and and it's quite kind of funny because on the other side, on one side, we are trying to reduce the carbon, but in the other side, we need the carbon to produce aluminum, to produce steel, to produce iron, to produce batteries, to produce paint, and, and that's that's curious. I think that's that's people need to know that that we need carbon. Our body is made of carbon, so we need carbon to live and and to make that transition, that important transition to renewable energy and renewable fuels. You've spoken a lot about just kind of raising awareness there and, and getting a lot of people to kind of get your message out and get people to be aware of what you're doing with Unimetal. I know that uh, before we jumped on here, uh, Mike mentioned that you've been going around the country doing a lot of conferences. And uh, I'm just curious about kind of the message that you try and raise and what you hope resonates with people when you speak. Okay. So, uh, Two weeks ago, I was in Seattle talking uh, at Argonne's Pet Petroleum Co. Conference, uh, more specifically about high-end applications for that product, Petroleum Coke. Petroleum Coke is a byproduct from the, the refining process. So what you're seeing now in the U.S., we're uh, seeing a lot of movements. For example, Chevron and Philips 66, the oil gas companies, they are moving uh, towards the uh, renewable fuels. Uh, ExxonMobil, they're having a very interesting project with, uh, related with hydrogen. The, the message that we are trying to do is to, to, to show them that there are better applications for those materials than to, than to just to burn it. So instead of burn crude oil, burn petroleum, petroleum has uh, more noble applications than to use as a fuel. So that I believe that in the near future, we will live with different sources of energy, uh, renewable fuels, electricity, solar, nuclear, right. uh, and, and, and fossil fuels as right. well. So where do you feel in terms of like the current balance there of the sources of energy? Where do you feel we're at? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, so far... It, the, the, the percentage of fossil fuels is still high. And it's curious because, for example, China now is facing a huge drought. Because of that drought, and obviously there are correlation between droughts and the environmental and, and, uh, and pollution and, and fuels. So the point is now they're increasing the usage of coal. That is a fuel that it's very pollutant. So... Uh, so we are, we need to make that transition, but the pace of that transition, we need to be aware of that because many of those renewable fuels, they compete for other sources. For example, in Brazil, uh, where I came from, mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, Brazil was the leading uh, uh, the the uh, the initiative to to produce ethanol in forty years ago. But ethanol in Brazil, they compete with sugar. Depending on the price of ethanol, country produces less sugar. So, and the same uh, happens with corn and other. Uh, so, urea, for example, urea is a, a product that we are considering to be used as a fuel. But 
if you use urea as a fuel, we have less urea to, pr to produce fertilizers. So as a society, as the whole world, it's important to understand that everything is linked. Everything. It's, there is a subtle balance between food, energy. So it's not a matter to use renewable energy, renewable sources. We need to reduce. We need to, to use the, the energy more efficiently because and it's not energy. We are talking about food. We are talking about costs. For example, if you make that transition too fast, we have to pay for that. So it's, we need, uh, uh, we, for sure, we need a more friendly uh, uh, environmental society, but we also need food. And we need our, we also want our fuels with a reasonable costs. So that's everything is there is balanced. So I think it's we have we need to look at holistic mm -hmm. in all the the segments, not only energy or or food. The society is, is connected. We need to take a look on, on that. When you're on your convention circuit, do you hear the majority of people? talking about greenwashing, about how they're against it, or how we'll never get rid of it because it's impossible to be 100% green because society is tied to the oil industry and those components you're talking about. My feeling is that everybody is working hard to have a more friendly, environmental friendly society. Uh, for example, I was watching a panel with a lot of cement companies. And cement is a very pollutant material. It's a serious problem. And they're trying to find better solutions. They are discussing uh, the use of, the, uh, of waste in their uh, production process. So my feeling that, it, seriously, even in the oil and gas industry, for years, people were really trying to find better solutions. For example, uh, and from next year, Philip 66 in California, they will change it. Instead of process petroleum in one of those refineries in California, they will be using vegetable oil. That's fantastic. And there are the companies in Finland, for example, where I, uh, where I was working with the guys there to produce green diesel or renewable diesel. But again, if we use vegetable oil, to produce gasoline and diesel and 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 jet fuel, uh, that's good because we're not using petroleum. But the other hand, we are using vegetable oil. That will be less mm. vegetable oil. So we need to balance. We need to take a look at everything. You mentioned uh, the company in Finland. I'm just curious, and you, and you mentioned you're from Brazil. Like, yes. Where do you feel the United States relative to other countries in the world is at with regard to the petroleum usage and trying to reduce that? That's a really good question. It, it's interesting. Comparing U.S. with Europe, I have a lot of business Europe, okay. here and I have a lot of business there. Uh, I admire the, the, the potential, the capability that U.S. has to make things happen, the strength and the, 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 the word for the energies in Houston. So mm. for oil and gas, that's the place that things happen. There's here. no doubt we have a passion for it. Yes. And we're trying to make it happen, you know, and let Houston not just be the oil capital, but the energy capital. Yes, exactly. And it's clear we see a transition now. I'm talking about 
the major companies, I'm not talking about small companies, I'm talking about Chevron, I'm talking about ExxonMobil, Philips 66, again, Philips 66 from next year, they inform us we will not be producing petroleum coke anymore from uh, our refining in California. But if you're not, but if you're not be producing petroleum coke, that product is, is also used to produce aluminum, steel, iron, uh, pigments for paints, and, and so we, we need to find a solution for that. It's not that simple. I have a friend that used to say, for every extreme complex problem, for sure there is one, one super simple and, 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 and very easy answer, but that answer is usually wrong because we need to evaluate exactly, because we have complex problems to solve. So the best thing that I recommend we need to talk, involve all the societies, all the segments, and returning to your question, the difference between US and, and Europe, for example. I think both are, have concerns about environmental, and the, they are trying to find, obviously in Europe, uh, there are differences in, from, in countries from Germany, they are trying uh, on a, a solution. France, they use more uh, nuclear energy. But there, I, I, I think they are, I, I can see they are more concerned about the, 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 to reduce the energy consumption. And here, I observe a more a, a concern to change the source of energy. And I think that would be maybe a good idea not only to change uh, from fossil fuels to renewable energy, but also to use that more wisely uh, to, to, it's to, to save for the future. Well, I think that's great. You know, you referred to the Petroleum Coke Conference that you were at. Any others you've been to or that you're about to come uh, go to to speak? And what are your topics they've got you talking about? <laughs> Next month, I will be talking for, uh, at Commodity People Conference about energy. And that's it. So every month I have uh, I participate in different conference. So the commodity people, very uh, interesting group, and I recommend the participation. Yeah, that's where we met at the last one they had exactly. here out there at City Center. Area. Exactly. And, and, I'm curious. Just last one for me in terms of uh, the company and the structure at Unimetal and 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 where you guys are going. Just mm -hmm. uh, if you could dive a little deeper into some of the different roles that people perform there and uh, what you're hoping the rest of 2022 and beyond has a store for you guys? Well, uh, our main goal at this moment at Unimato is to develop a U.S. market. I think uh, we may be a very interesting alternative for U.S. companies, U.S. producers, uh, not only or foundries and steelmakers, but especially for the, 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 the battery producers. I visit the company in Tennessee, in Chattanooga, Fantastic! The company, they are top. They're, they're, it's it's amazing to see how U.S. is developing the technology. Because when they decide to do th think they really do that. So uh, our goal is to uh, to provide an alternative source for that synthetic graphite for uh, U.S. And, uh, companies and uh, especially because we are feeling uh, a lot of tensions in the international environment, China, Russia, that war, Russia-Ukraine war, uh, create a lot of tensions. And we, I can tell you that talking to our customers, 
I can see, I, I hear from them a, 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 a concern about what will happen. So I think that will be better for those companies in the U.S. to have alternative sources of supply, especially because it's, 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 it's important to understand inside the electric vehicle, there's a battery, and inside the battery, there is a carbon filament, the anode. So if we don't have that, everything will fail. So we need that. That's critical. For in terms of, uh, uh, of supply chain, we, we, we need to take care about everything, everything. Otherwise, we, have, we may have problems in the future. If we took a car battery and tore it apart, your, your synthetic graphite is going to be black, I'm assuming, right? Is it colored as black? What is the size? How big is it or how small is it? Well, uh, I'll give you an idea. If you take a, a, a battery that you use in, in uh, electric devices, that, the, that black filament, that black rod inside, that, that is carbon. Okay. So that is the side that's in a battery. There's different type of batteries. But, and again, batteries are not only used uh, in electric vehicles. When you talk about solar panels, wind uh, generator electricity, all, because those new uh, electricity, they are becoming less expensive. But for all of them, we, we need to storage that electricity. Right. And we need batteries. And inside the batteries, we need anodes and cathodes, and we need... So they're size refined. appropriate, depending on what the size of the battery the is. Size, exactly. The size of the battery and the technology involved the battery. Gotcha. That's great. Greg, that's all I have. Yeah, no, that's about all I have uh, for you as well, Geraldo Andrade, our guest from... Unimetal, the trading manager. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh, I guess best of luck with everything moving forward here in 2022. Okay, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and congratulations for the excellent job you are doing, guys. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> well, you. Appreciate that. Um, Mike, any final words? What do we got sure. coming up next on the Green Insider? Yeah, the next guest we're going to have on on episode 144 is from TerraPass. The general manager, Sam Tallin, is going to join us. And we're looking for an exciting show there and to help to edu educate our listeners how to reduce their carbon footprint. Well, there we go. When we speak of educating our listeners, we want to always try and do that because, as I always say, when we get out of Dodge here, as the saying goes, you learn something new every day. And we were responsible for today's lesson. So make sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you get our podcast from. That is going to wrap things up for The Green Insider, powered by E-Renewable. Episode 143 is in the books. Everyone enjoy the rest of your evening.